Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Reggie's Expressions. But before we get started, I need to tell you about how great this application called Anchor is. That's the application that I'm using to record this right now. This application is great because it allows you to be able to record a podcast and do all the things that you need in terms of editing in one place, all right? I used this application before, and not only did I have to record it, I had to download it from this thing and add it to this and add it. It was just too much. I found out about Anchor, and I realized how easy it was. They have all the creation tools and everything that you're going to need right from your phone. You can edit, you can add music, whatever you need directly from the application. Like I said, it's all in one place. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. I can't reiterate that enough, all right? So all you guys got to do is go and download the Anchor app, either from your Google Play Store or your Apple Play Store or wherever you get your, your apps from on your phone. Or you can do it the traditional way by going to anchor.fm to get started. All right, guys, enjoy this episode. Thank you so much again. And don't forget, you can find us on Reggie's Expressions, and that's Reggie's underscore expressions on Instagram. Enjoy the episode. Hey, what's going on, guys? Good morning. Um, This is another mini episode slash bonus episode in the middle of the week. And um, this comes after a few days of losing Deontay uh, Wright. And just kind of processing in my head how this could happen again, even with the <clears throat> awakening that we've had in America um, in the last year or so. Um, and I wanted to come on here, you know, for the record and, you know, just express my my sadness that I have that this happens again to another African-American um, a man the hands of the cops who are in the state of Minnesota, who's the same place that Philando uh, Castillo was killed and George Floyd as of recent. And then this is also in the middle of the trial for Derek Chauvin um, as well. And it's, it's, it's interesting. It's not even interesting. Interesting is, is not the word because interesting implies a desire to want more information about the specific situation. But it's simple. You know, it's not even like I, I want to, to, to grasp the idea of what happened. All I know is another African-American man was killed by the hands of cops for a routine it's not routine anymore for a traffic stop that was over something petty um frustrating frustrating and i've also saw in the media some of the connections um uh that were uh, made um i think um um deontay wright um knew um Eric Garner, um, you know, who died six years ago, seven years ago. And he also was friends with Philando uh, Castillo. So, you know, the fact that these three men are linked and they were all killed by the hands of cops is 
is is a crazy circumstance. I don't want to say coincidence because coincidence to me is not the correct word for what's happening. Like this is happening too often, too fast, you know, too much. Um, and, it all go, and it all goes back to Black Lives Mattering, you know. We've seen time and time again where white people have done some wild and crazy shit and still was able to live, walk free to be able to have what we call, quote unquote, due process. And, you know, black folks just get killed for just random stuff. You know, it has to, it, it is 100% about race. It is 200% about race. There's no denying this at this point. Our skin is used to weaponize us. You know, and all I want to say is just stop killing us. Stop. You know, we get into the the specifics of, of, you know, taser slash gun. And, you know, we read into these wild scenarios that does not even, they don't even fit the crime. They were talking about, the narrative was it was an accidental uh, death. And that the young lady, um, Kimberly Potter, who they tried to say was a rookie, she's been on the force for 26 years. And it resulted in a situation where she thinks it's her taser and shoots him. It's like, how is that even possible? <laughs> how is it even possible? That that's the case, that that's the situation, that that's the uh, that's the situation. You know what I'm saying? It's like, come on, girl, come on. Like I would be embarrassed to tell anybody that bullshit. I'd be like, yeah, I I, I would take that L, because it sounds stupid, you know, for her for that to be the reason why this young man is dead, you know. And sometimes it's just like, you know, the, the, the police chiefs who also resigned from this case or resigned, she resigned, they arrested her, um, charged her with manslaughter, uh, which is a maximum crime, uh, a, a maximum um, sentence of 10 years, you know, which may get brought down to four. And, you know, this man's 20-year-old life was cut short. You know, this his um, baby's <clears throat> mother is going to be a single parent. You know, this child is going to be a fatherless child. You know, all for her stupidness. All for her, you know, just blatant... I'm sorry, guys, because I'm emotional and I'm trying to find the words to say because we're talking about this again. We're in the story again. We're in this situation again where, you know, we have to scream from the raptors that our lives matter. And even that, people still want to question that. They want to make it about, <clears throat> you know, something that is not saying that all lives matter. You know, it's like, 
<clears throat> it's frustrating. But yeah, this 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 child has to grow up without a father now. This this mother has to grow grow up without or has to, you know, move on without, you know, her significant other, you know, and to watch him die in that way, that's a whole another level of tragedy. <clears throat> and I love to see, you know, um us band together to take care of our people who are in trauma, you know, because they've gone through a lot. And the, the demons and things that they're going to have inside of their li uh, inside for the rest of their lives, money shouldn't be a situation that they should be concerned about. So we, we definitely should take care of our people in that way. Because life is hard already. You know, it's going to be a long, drawn-out process to get lawyers... <clears throat> You know, and this woman and her child is going to have to continue with life. This mother is also going to have to have, you know, extensive trauma. And she becomes a part of uh, um, a group of women who who have lost their, their kids, you know, to name a few. Tamir Rice, Eric Garner, uh, Philando Castillo, Trayvon Martin. And it didn't start with Trayvon Martin, you know what I'm saying? We've been losing uh, black people at the hands of, of cops for years. It's just now <clears throat> we have an organization and people who are holding them accountable. They used to be able to get away, get away with this stuff before. You know, this, this qualified immunity makes this stuff so complicated. Because I believe that cops should be held liable for their mistakes that they make. They should be directly responsible for the decisions that they make, for the situations where they make the wrong decision and end up taking someone's life. You know, uh, I was just reading a story about the young lady who was, you know, on the force for 19 years and they fired her two months before she was able to get her pension because she told on the officer to keep him from killing the person who they had apprehended so you know it took us <clears throat> all these years to finally you know give her something that was rightfully hers which it was simple it was a simple request you know what i'm saying it's simple like she should not have deserved to have been fired and i know i'm getting in, you know getting into <clears throat> you know many aspects of it but this is multifaceted this is you know, black trauma on many different levels that even when we do the right thing, we're still held accountable or not held accountable. Even when we do the right thing, we're still ridiculed and even at some point fired because of it. This is stuff that's been going on for years and this is the way that they're able, and I say they, white supremacy is able to thrive, you know, because of these circumstances. You know, when they lifted the three-fifths of a man, you know, I guess they forgot to tell everybody else to treat us like humans because it's, you know, it's basic stuff. It's human stuff that we're having to question. Like, why are we debating human rights? This is a human rights issue when it comes to Black Lives Matter. Why are we debating that? You know, <laughs> why are we debating the idea of people being human, fully human? You know what I'm saying? It, we, we shouldn't be. 
There's no reason for us to have to debate it. But we find ourselves in the same, you know, intersectionality of, of, you know, Black Lives Matter and, you know, having these conversations about, you know, well, if he complied or we've seen it where we complied and we still died. We've seen where we didn't comply and we died. We've seen where we ain't even doing nothing. We eating ice cream in our own house and we still died. You know? And the fact that the, the fact that remains is we have people who yell due process, due process, due process. And I have to thank Amanda Seals for this because this is a good point for these people who didn't give due process to the people that they killed. And we want the law to be played out to the full extent of the letter when these people are put on trial when that wasn't the case because cops are not jury. They're not the judge and jury. So they should not be issuing out life sentences in death because of a routine traffic stop. Stop. You know what I'm saying? Like that is not their job. They are there to protect and serve. Protect and serve us. I'm pretty sure that young man felt that he wasn't going to be able, he wasn't going to get away, get out alive, you know, with what was going on, which is probably what caused him to fight. He's seen this time before. His friend, Philando Castillo, was killed. Eric Garner, someone else that he was associated with, was killed. So, yeah, why would he not have a healthy fear of the cops? And then George Floyd died by the same hands a year before. It's like, come on. Why would why would we not be fearful? So, and you know, all of this is are things that we take in as trauma, you know, as black folks. We hear the ghosts of these people who die. Our hand, ancestors, the ones that are, were lynched years ago. When we see that stuff, it's traumatic to us. We feel it. It isn't something that we just go through and be like, oh, I'm removed from that. Like, you know, white people can. That stuff is ingrained in us. That's from our parents. That's generational trauma that has come out, come and passed down to us. And what you're seeing is another example of us trying to survive from the slave mentality from years ago. When we're running... And we have that fight or flight. That's what happens when master, uh, master catches us. And we're running around trying to just survive. We get some comfort that we're free, but we always have in the back of mind, back of our mind, that one day this freedom is going to end. It's at a condition to us. And that's why this is so frustrating. Because... We know the same scenario. We know the whole situation. We know what happens. We uplift him. You know, the black community uplifts him. We share videos. We keep the conversation going. The media does their job of trying to, you know, say, well, he will stop because of a traffic uh, violation. He had a, uh, a, a air freshener, a fucking air freshener in the damn window. That is an offense violation in the state of Minnesota. Like, come on, who are these laws for? Why is that an offense? And why are we even picking up anybody for that situation? An expired tag? Okay. Easily. Did you know your tags were expired? No. You need to get it done. Do you know your tags are expired? Yes. 
Why haven't you gotten them done? Well, DMV, so on and so forth. There's questions to be asked. It's not, do you know your tags are expired and you have this air freshener in your car? You're dead. That's not how that works. There's so many levels to that. It's already escalated because of the trauma that we've had to deal with and we've seen play out time and time again. It's already escalated when you stop a black man. We don't go from one to 60 just from the interaction from the cops. We go from one to 60 when we're sitting there waiting, trying to figure out what the fuck is going on when they're sitting back in their car, looking up whatever they're looking up. And he reacted as a result of that. Because now he's going to get arrested. Because he has a warrant out for his arrest. And we find out that it's over some petty ass bullshit, which I'm going to read you guys something um, I got from um, uh, Sean King. I'm sorry, Tamika Mallory. I'm going to read this fully. Let me know what you're, uh, let me tell you what you're looking at. In October of 2019, Deontay Wright, who was a child smoking a single joint of weed, was given a ticket for it. It was a petty misdemeanor. He pled guilty. Then they charged him $75 plus $81 in fees. They put him on a payment plan. It went to collections in the middle of a damn pandemic. So they opened up a warrant in his arrest over a joint he smoked as a child and pled guilty to in a city that plans to decrim uh, that that claims it decriminalized weed so if anybody asks or anybody tells you he warranted this is it um then there was an update to that and this is a couple days old at this point guys so i apologize i've been not apologize i've been processing this shit for a while and i've been you know apprehensive about posting it because it's hard for me to sort my feelings out on a situation that has you know played out over and over time and time again not in our favor <clears throat> so she says there may be a second warrant warrant so that we are properly informed while advocating for justice i will update you on what i know however it absolutely it has absolutely nothing to do with this horrific situation this is not a mistake we are being hunted and murdered because we're black period so yeah those are the things that are going on here those are the things that you know the situation that that we have <clears throat> you know that and those are the things that we're you know that we're fighting against and people still think that it's you know, Black Lives Matter is some terrorist, a, a terroristic uh, 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 rhetoric. Come on. <clears throat> they did the same thing with Black Panther. I suggest you guys, if you hadn't uh, had a chance to go see Black Messiah, Judas and the Black Messiah, then you need to go watch it. Because honestly and truly, it is a good uh, damn explanation of what happened to Fred uh, Hammond. So definitely need to go watch that. It's a very good show. <clears throat> uh, Daniel Kaluuya did an amazing, amazing job, amazing job of, of acting in there. And that stuff is, is, is traumatic. You know, it's traumatic for us to watch as black folks. But the thing is, is we have so many people in our generation because we've, you know, spent so much trying to survive that don't know that story. We have to tell ourselves those stories. What we don't have to do is to create stories <clears throat> that causes us to you know, for imagery and, and for 
you know, shock value. Which brings me to my next point. I was watching them. And I got no resolution at all watching them. Because there was no redeeming qualities about what was going on in there. You know, there were specific things that they were, that was going on in there, you know, that brought up white supremacy. And then we also had something to do with uh, supernatural uh, entities, which <clears throat> if you're watching that and you weren't expecting this, spoiler alert. So I recommend if you are interested in watching it, stop now. But there's a specific episode um, in number five, episode number five, or is, is it day five or episode five? I'm, I can't remember. Where at the first episode, they show Lucky with her son, Chester. And then we fast forward to them moving to Compton and wanting to be ousted by the, the white um, you know, neighbors, they didn't belong there. And you don't see Chester, you don't know what it is. And they, they hint to it, you know, that his presence is there or not that his presence is there, that something happened, but never tell you until episode five, where they show the horrific manner in which he died, um, in terms of, you know, being, you know, cat in a bag. And they basically just, murdered that kid and raped the mother you know which is indicative to things that happened back in the day those are real stories you know real events that actually happened and nine sons of the ten a lot of those people got away with it you know and i say all that to say it didn't have any redeeming qualities about what was going on at all it never got to a point of resolution for us and there's so much foreshadowing and all this other stuff that it fails to explain along the way why this stuff is happening the way it is until they get to a very specific episode in episode nine about the prelude to what's going on and it also is a play off of us you know it is in no way any in no way shape or form remotely close to us should not be on the same playing field as us and i just think that it's unfortunate that you know we have to relive these traumas, and then on top of that, we're going to add a super, uh, uh, supernatural element. It's not, it's not fair, and it's done. And I don't recommend watching it. I got to episode five, saw how the baby was killed, started watching partly of episode six, and then I went straight to ten. So that's my two cents on that. I know that ain't got nothing to do with you know the ultimate thing, but it goes to the experience of black folks and how we have to deal with trauma, and then we also have to deal with people over playing the trauma and expecting us to come out um, okay. You know, uh, my friend uh, Olivia was saying, and I agree with her, black folks should not have to pay for therapy. They should not have to pay for therapy. You know, as much trauma as we went through, it should be free. And because it's a part of the health uh, process and you know, money involved and all the other stuff, that'll never happen. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. It's just an unfortunate situation. And then we also got Sharon Osbourne. That whole fucking situation. 
I don't really want to, you know, waste too much time because it's so trivial. You know, she left. Suppos supposedly she got 10 million. I don't want to waste my time on her because she's just, she is a horrible human being. You know? Um, you know, DMX passed away. Um, I stated on uh, Facebook that I wasn't a huge DMX fan. You know, I only knew a few songs. But I can't deny the, you know, the um, the influence he's had on the, the, the black community, the black culture, and just hip-hop in general. Um, I was listening to Amanda Seals um, tell the story about when she met uh, DMX for an interview she did when she worked at Sirius, Sirius XM. And uh, it was a great interview. And... Um, you know, it, it was interesting that even then he felt the oppression of being black while driving, even though, you know, he his license were suspended or he didn't have his license or whatever. He was driving whatever, like he felt the oppression. And it's it's interesting that even then, you know, and obviously we know that this stuff has happened. So it's not a surprise. But, you know, to talk about it, it wasn't as spoken about back then, you know. So to hear him talk about it, you know, verbalize it out loud, you know, just is indicative of the times that we experience as black folks um, still in America, you know. Um, and there's no way around it. Even with him being a star, he still felt it, you know. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's he it was definitely hip hop royalty. Um you know, sometimes I wish that I had uh, been more into his music, but I think that, you know, from what I, his experience was not my experience. And I think that was a reason why I didn't really get into it. I wasn't too heavy into that experience too much because, you know, it was coming from a perspective of, you know, um, you know, black men, you know, from New York, you know, having trauma, you know, signs of stress and all that other stuff. And I just didn't identify that. I didn't identify with that until I, I never identified that with that when he was coming out. And by the time, you know, I really started to take a listen to his music, he had stopped, um, he hadn't, he hadn't had consistent albums. So, um, but, you know, nonetheless, can't deny his, his catalog and, and how it makes people feel about, you know, him on this earth, you know, some of the things that he went through, um, um, it has been, <clears throat> it has definitely been a telling story. It really has. It's unfortunate and sad and, you know, um, you know, Amanda Seals said something, uh, earlier and I, it, it, I, I put my, I put a post out a couple, uh, uh, about last week when he passed away, when I was saying something in terms of, uh, and I don't remember the specifics, but in terms of like the people around him you know, not really, you know, being there and they, what they should have done. It was definitely, it sounded definitely a lot more accusatory towards the people that were around him. And I think that, you know, one of the things that she said is, you know, addiction, you know, has a tendency to affect people obviously differently. And, you know, the fact that, you know, it wasn't him being flippant or the people around him not wanting to help. It's just that he had so much pain inside of him that the only way that he could deal with it is through 
um, you know, uh, the drugs and the drugs eventually became addiction and, you know, it, it was used to cope and, you know, used to cope and keep him from feeling the depression that he had. And, you know, unfortunately he just, it was just an uncertain, unfortunate circumstance where he was not able to shake it. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I digress on my, you know, my tone and I apologize for anybody that was offended by that. But, you know, I, I, you know, do understand that, um, addiction is a serious thing and it's not, you know, to be taken lightly. And I apologize for my naivety towards the topic. So I'll make sure that I retract that on Facebook or just back it up in terms of, you know, saying it again. But, um, yeah, I just felt it necessary. And you guys are hearing all the wind. I'm actually driving out to Lake uh, Nona so I can get my um, second uh, dose um, of the the vaccine, which I heard is supposed to do you in, and that scares me a bit. But we will, we're going to be all right. So, um, but yeah, um, it's just been an eventful week reeling off of what's going on. And we also, we are also able to see, um, you know, the video and it's just unfortunate. And then, oh yeah, that was something else that I wanted to talk about too. The, um, the, uh, Afro, uh, Latino, um, service member who was stopped, uh, Caron, um, Nazario, um, it might, you know what, Caron Nazario was the one that had the uh, affiliation to Eric Garner, not Deontay. So my apologies for that correction. Um, it was Caron uh, uh, Nazario, a uh, Caron, Caron. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure the pronunciation, but he was pulled over um, in Virginia while he was in uniform and he was threatened to be tased, but ultimately pepper sprayed, um, for no reason. Um, and it was escalated. And then on top of that, the, the cop, Joe Gutierrez is a Hispanic uh, male. He didn't know he was black. He didn't know that he was, um, Spanish. But he's and he's also a veteran. Joe uh, uh, Gutierrez is also a veteran. He said that in the clip. So what? They ultimately fired him. And yeah, he should be brought up on charges like driving while black. You know what I'm saying? Just complied. He's saying that he's afraid, you know, and nothing happens. It's this is, this is what we deal with on a day to day basis. You know, this is a man who served his country. You know, serving his country willingly, you know, for that to happen, that's on some bullshit. There, there ain't no explanation behind that bullshit other than just bullshit. There ain't no other conversation to be had or nothing like that. Because we all know it's stupid. You know, there's no way to, to excuse it. And the uh, police chief in Virginia said that he don't, um, he's not owed an apology. Considering your guy, you know, was fired, there ain't no apology. 
and come to find out it was over some bullshit, some non-arrestable offense. Like, come on. What are we talking about here? And I don't believe that these people misspeak. I believe that they really just say that shit because they honestly and truly believe in it. They believe in what they say. You know what I'm saying? And they're genuinely surprised that they are being called out about it. Like, oh my God, why would they? Because you said some fuck shit. You said some dumb shit about him not being apologized to. Now you got a lawsuit on your hands, which is more than likely going to go this young man's way. It's like, you know... And then um, Jeremy uh, uh, Pentland, I think his name is Jeremy. Um, this has been coming through the woodworks here in uh, the last 24 hours. I wasn't aware of it. Um, you know, Sergeant Pentland, um, you know, who's a drill sergeant. Um, Jonathan, I'm sorry, Jonathan Pentland. Um, Black Lives uh, protesters rally outside of his home after viral video. Like, these videos go viral quick. Well, because we know that these things are atrocious and that they're happening. They're a reminder every day that they happen. You know, and the, the, the unmitigated gall of these folkses that be out there doing these offenses... I believe that they'd be really surprised that they get in trouble for doing what they do. And you can tell, you can see that they're wielding the power of the police in their hands when they say the stuff that they're saying. You'll see when the cops get here. It's like you ain't even calling the cops on some real shit. And yet you still believe that the cops is going to come out here and be on your side. We saw that with the Chinese couple um, or Asian couple a few weeks ago where they called the cops on the uh, black uh, uh, tenants. And, you know, they were, they said some stuff talking about they're going to say that they were being assaulted. And, you know, the police officers came out there and literally just laughed at them. And you hear the, you know, the, the offended party laughing. It's like, that shit's not funny, man. Like, come on. Like, you don't understand how traumatizing this really is. And that's how people get killed. You know, that's how folks get killed in these situations. I wouldn't have found it funny at all. And, yeah, I would also be suing the asses, too. So, it's crazy. It's a lot going on. This was supposed to be a short episode, but I think that I'm going to end up making this a full-on episode because this has gone on longer than what I expected. And, you know, I mean, I just didn't... I wanted it to flow and say what I needed to say and not feel restricted. And, you know, it's this is turning the episode for this week and I am going to go on Facebook live later and, you know, express my thoughts too, and maybe continue the conversation as well there. So again, guys, I appreciate everything that has been given. The last mini episode has been doing great. Thank you guys for who, uh, for everybody who's downloaded it and actually listened to it and, you know, doing your thing, you know, seeing people go in and actually listen to it and download it and, you know, see those numbers go up that fast, it lets me know <laughs> that you guys crave uh, the, um, you know, the, the narrative. And I appreciate that. And I am definitely going to do better in terms of my recording schedule. And if I do decide to take a hiatus, I will let you guys know. All right. Um, but you guys know where to find me. RL Socorro Garner um, on uh, Instagram. Um, R.L. Socorro Garner on um, Facebook. 
<clears throat> Reggie underscore Reggie's underscore expressions. There's a S at the end of Reggie, R-E-G-G-E-E -E -E underscore expressions. Uh, S at the end of expressions. And you can find me on uh, Instagram and Facebook under that handle. <clears throat> uh, you can just catch me on, up on Anchor too, Anchor FM. You know, go back and listen to all the other episodes, you know, as well. Um, and I appreciate you guys for listening to my perspective. Thank you so much. Uh, as it means a lot to me and I grow into this space and I become more comfortable in my own skin and being able to express myself in a way that is palatable for everybody. So I appreciate you. All right. You guys enjoy the rest of your day. I'm almost out here at the uh, the Lake of the Eolas. Not Lake Eolas, sorry. I'm out here at Lake Nona. And uh, oh, wow, it's a pink tree. Oh, how'd that happen? Um, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Um, I pray for healing for all of us, you know, pray to your, your God, your universe, whatever you pray to. And hopefully we can find some justice in these situations that are happening. You know, we can bring these people to justice and, you know, justice happens uh, swiftly. All right. Because it's definitely traumatizing. All right, guys. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. Stay black. Um, stay strong. Stay up. Stay positive. Do whatever you got to do to protect your peace. All right. Enjoy the rest of your day. Peace.